And so I'm back. Right? I took six weeks off, and I've had messages, email, and Pastor, what happened to you? Did you get COVID? I didn't. Right? I was in quarantine. I wasn't given stay-home notice. But uh, I, I needed time because I had to function in American time zone for a couple of weeks, and I had an assignment due. And I was also preparing uh, for the new year. You could think about where we want to go as a church. What should we let go of? What should we keep? Because this is an opportunity, right? We're restarting how the church is supposed to function. What do we not want? And what do we definitely want to keep? Right? So I'm back today. For those of you who've been messaging me from, from live stream, I'm back. And I want to share with you my thoughts on the new birth. And just before I go into that, I'd like to share a little bit about baptism. Right? It's pending the baptism later on that's going to happen. But what is baptism about? It's about committing yourself to the cause of God. And it's also about accepting the adoption into his family. You know, people say, all right, I just want to be baptized into this universal church of God. And that is fine. The scripture doesn't define a specific denomination as God's church. But it does say they have to belong to a tangible, physical community. Like Lucas can say, Dad, we call him Pa, Papa. I choose to belong to humanity. Fine. But you're also part of the Tam clan and the Chen clan from Tiffany's side. And with these two families, there are the blessings and, of course, the curses. But it's only in that way of interacting with a real family, a real community, a tangible group of people that you can grow and that God can help you grow. So some of you have not decided to be baptized online or here, and if you want to do so, let me know. And if you want to be prepared for baptism, I'm more than willing to help you through it. But there's some of you who are already baptized, but you have not chosen to be a part of a tangible, physical community. I invite you to join the Aztec family. And if you would like to do so, and you're already baptized, but you want to join this community to experience growth of God through people who are very annoying, let me know. And we can help you through that process. But this has been a, a trying time, but also a very exciting time. I'm on top of the baptism I'm so excited about today, I'm most excited about the fact that today will be the last day I'm wearing a face shield. Man, you guys have seen me try different things. It just didn't work. Right? Every, every face shield has this, uh, I just really hate it. Um, sorry, Daniel, for the rest of your life, you have to wear face shield. Because his work demands him to wear face shield. Uh, but next year onwards, good news, phase three. Start the new year right. Second of January onwards, the preacher don't have to wear a mask. Or a face shield, yay! But you have to wear face masks. Uh, but still, we're moving there. In fact, we're going to have live worship in this room. We don't have to watch videos anymore. We try to create the illusion that they're actually here. But those of you who are here still feel the difference. We're inviting them back. We're allowed and it's been approved for them to be here. In fact, we can have five of them not having to wear face shield or face masks and leading worship. That's an awesome, awesome experience. It shows that we're moving in the right direction. We're getting to a place where we are able to congregate and gather physically again. And on that note, we are also trying to come together for prayer. On the 6th of January, is we'll restart, uh, the, the, not restart, we're going to uh, once again participate in the yearly practice of 10 days of prayer. But due to restriction, we can't have people here, but I'm gonna, we're going to do it differently. We're going to still keep it online. But starting on the 6th of January, 6th of January, Every evening through the ASDAC Facebook page at 8 p.m., I'll be live streaming uh, the gathering, right? We'll be coming together. I'll read a devotional thought. And then as we come together, I'll invite you to do either one of these two things. 
from the 28th of December onwards, we can invite eight other people to our house. And for those of you who have a huge house, who can afford to invite people, all of us have huge houses compared to people in Hong Kong. My friend came over and looked at my four-room flat like, wow, James C., you live in a mansion in. I'm like, I don't. So we have more than enough space to house people, right? So if you are willing to invite eight others to come to your house and dial in, and dial in, all right? And um, we're going to have a short devotion, and then we're going to have prayer all over Singapore. Instead of having just gathering in 7, 9, 8, Thompson Road, we're going to have prayer meetings, 10 nights of prayer all over Singapore. And at every evening, 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock, Tune in, we have some readings, I'll share some devotional thoughts, and then we'll break up into groups, not just in this space, but all over Singapore for prayer. So if you're willing, invite eight people to your house and have it there, tune in together. But if you can't, right, if you can't, with you, your, your, your family, your, your partner, also tune in, also tune in, all right? You can, in fact, you can start Zoom groups with friends you can't invite to your place, and, uh, and discuss together, right? But we want to spend the beginning of 2021 to pray. Not just to go back to where things were, but to go into this new future God is shaping us and preparing us for. To go into this new birth that God has designed for us to participate in. So, what are we experiencing right now? One of the things that is very interesting during this time, despite the pandemic, or actually because of the pandemic maybe, is ASDEC has a lot of new babies. You know, a lot of new babies and upcoming. In fact, uh, one almost came out uh, two days ago. Uh, it was a scare. Uh, Joy went to the hospital. She had contractions, six minutes interval. We're like, that's it, Christmas Eve baby. Uh, false, false scare. She went home. Uh, I think it was the laksa she ate or something, you know. Uh, <laughs> um, but we, we, need, we do have new babies. Right? We do have new babies. Um, uh, the Hui family had a new young, young, young boy. And then we have the other one is Natalie. Uh, I, I can't pronounce the last name very properly. So Natalie and, and Dexter, they have a new kid. Uh, and, and we have more. That's why Joyce one is coming really soon. I don't know when. Could be this few days. Could be the week after. And then in May, we have Jenna also having her, her kid. So this pandemic has bring a lot of new birth, new life to this family. And it was, it's amazing. Because me and Tiffany, were, I was sharing with her when I first came. Uh, there was no kids. There was no kids. I go to the children's class, and there was, like, nobody. It was only Kimmy. Like, Kimmy, if you're online. It was only her and Uncle Albert, her grandfather. You know, it's just, like, two of them are, like, oh, wow. There's, like, no kids in the church. But now we have more. And then we have Daniel at the back who comes every Sabbath. So praise God. Praise God for the blessings of new birth. The blessing he has brought to us is that God said that this new birth brings about a new sign of life. So to experience this new birth, to understand this new birth that God is talking about, and to think about it about in terms of our church, I invite you to turn with me to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. In John chapter 1, verse 14. John chapter 1 verse 14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. In fact, in this Christmas season, that is precisely why we're celebrating Christmas. It's because we remind ourselves about the birth of Christ. Yes, people say it's not the extra day. And he said, oh, it's overly commercialized. But I honestly believe that it's overly commercialized with people who are familiar with Christianity. 
if it's in the Western world, yes, for sure, it's been overly commercialized. But do you know in Singapore and a lot of Asian countries where Christianity is not the norm, Christmas has introduced Jesus to more people than any other thing, than any other evangelism, than any other church? Because it's so easy, so easy to just ask, why do we celebrate Christmas? Because of Jesus. Even if they don't hear the full explanation, they don't have a Bible study of who Jesus is, at least they were introduced to the name. And you never know. That seed that is planted because of this overly commercialized, thank you Amazon, thank you to Walmart, the Eastern countries, Asian countries, African countries, Middle Eastern countries, Middle Eastern countries knows about Christmas. And it is an opportunity for us to go on and understand what this is about. It talks about a God who became flesh to reveal the glory of God. You know, when I was young, I grew up, I asked my, my mom, you know, why did Jesus have to be born? Why can't he like shortcut, you know, Singaporean? He just come when it's like the cross crucifixion time, just done, go up, Merry Christmas. Why do you have to be born in a manger, like go through the hardship, live a life, be a carpenter, be an unknown for 30 over years, then do his thing? Why don't he just do his thing? And then I thought, okay, I think I know why. God needed to understand how humans feel. He doesn't understand. He's too high up, you know. He's like far up in the heaven. He doesn't understand how humanity experienced life. And he had to become human to experience life. And that's why I thought for a long time that God became human to understand human beings. But as I grew older, I realized he didn't become human beings to understand human. He understands us better than ourselves. But he became human being, a human being. He became flesh so that I can understand him. Even though he was born physically in person, there are still people, even his disciples, continuously misunderstand him and God. So imagine if he never came. Imagine he, ne he was never born as a human being. There'd be so many accusations against him that you don't understand me and I cannot understand you. But he says, I come to reveal the Father. Those who have seen me have seen the Father. I wouldn't say that those who have seen Lucas have seen James. Thank God. Uh, he has good part of me. He has good part of Tiffany. But people will say, yeah, yeah, I can tell that he's your son. But what is scary to me, especially is his personality. Oh, man, he's stubborn. And then Tiffany always look at me and says, guess where he got it from? Very obviously. Jesus reveals perfectly the Father to humanity. He came in the flesh to reveal the glory. The glory of God is who he is as a person, as we celebrate the Christmas season, as we prepare ourselves for phase three, as we prepare ourselves for the new year, ask yourself, I mean, this year has given us more than enough time to pause and think and reflect. Do you know who God is? Who is God to you? Is he your parents' God? Is he your grandparents' God? Is he the God that you know just because you come to church at 9.30 every Saturday morning and you leave after potluck at 2 o'clock? Is that God? 
who is God. And so turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone, anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. This statement is not just spoken to individuals who choose to believe in him. Of course, definitely that's the number one. In when you are in Christ, you are a new creation. But he's also speaking it to the church that we have to be in Christ in order to experience new birth. And how does the church be in Christ? It's not this, this building has to go through baptism. In Singapore, the building is baptized every afternoon at 3 o'clock. To be in Christ is for every single one who forms this part of this church to be in Christ personally, continuously. But the question is, what does it mean? To be in Christ and this new creation. This is a lingo that we throw around. Be in Christ. Your new creation. What does that mean? I'm like, like Nicodemus echoes forever in eternity the question that we want to ask. How? Uh? When he came to Jesus, he's like, Jesus, like, you must be born again. Right. Climb back in. He was not being stupid. He was being sarcastic. Climb back to my mother's womb? That's not possible. So what does it mean this morning I want to share with you? What does it mean in the scripture to be in Christ, to, to be a new creation? I'm not going to turn to every single verse. But I'd like to share from my study of the scripture that to be in Christ, number one, do you know what happens? Ian, do you know what happens from now on when your mom and dad says, hey, you're a naughty boy, say, you know, I'm a saint. Mm. When you're in Christ, you're considered Holy. The saint is no longer this man who has long white flowing hair with warm white robe glowing in the lights on a mountain under a tree. No, 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 no. A saint is you and me who has accepted Jesus into our lives. We are new creation and the moment you accept him, every single day you are a saint. You're holy, you're a saint, you're, you're, you're perfect. Because no longer are you considered and judged based on your deeds or your life, but by the deeds and life of Jesus Christ. Until you acknowledge that, you can't attain sainthood because you're trying to earn yourself to sainthood and you never, ever happen. And number two, when you are in Christ, you are blessed. What does it mean to be blessed? He says, James, in this pandemic, I don't feel a single ounce of blessing. But you know what's the, the blessing of blessing that you realize you are actually blessed? that you and I are alive today. Some people went through Christmas without everyone present. Some people went through Christmas being stuck alone in quarantine and stay home notice. Some people went through Christmas stuck in a truck at the border of the France and, and British small town. Being blessed is having awesome food last night so much that you can't eat breakfast. Being blessed is having your family by your side. Being blessed is sitting in the air-conditioned room in this hot weather. 
Being blessed is taking a grab to church and not having to walk here. Being blessed is knowing that you are loved and having people who love you sit right beside you, right here. There's more things that you realize that you're being blessed. And we, especially those living in Singapore, we've grown so entitled and forgotten how much blessing we receive. Day by day, moment by moment, that is being in Christ. A new creation recognized how much blessings they receive every single day. And you're blessed because you're noticed. Not only are you noticed by fellow church members who, who realize we haven't seen you in a while. Today, I've, some of you have not seen you for a long time in person. I'm so glad to see some of you here. But ultimately, you know, when you are in Christ, you know, who notices you, whose eyes is always on you? God, the Father. His eyes is always on you. He sees you. Even if you feel that you're alone and by yourself, that you're, you're single and nobody cares about you, there's nobody to accompany you, realize that God is by your side. And as we read in the previous verse, the Spirit is in you. And because the Spirit is in you, you are a new creation. Because now you'll never be alone. Because the presence of God will be with you continuously no matter where you are. And the reality is, the reality is, we're going to talk about the good things. But when you are in Christ as a new creation, you will, as your master, as your teacher has gone through and said it clearly, you will be afflicted. You will be afflicted. Don't be surprised when as a Christian in your life that suddenly there's things that afflicts your life. You're like, why is this happening to me? And I tell you from the scripture again and again and again, if you read, there's no promise that you will not have affliction. But the promise is in your affliction. God says, I am with you. Remember when, when I had to wait in uh, the birth room uh, with Tiffany, uh, we didn't expect that, that, that Tulukas would be born that, that day, actually. We, we went for the routine checkup. The EDD was like, you know, 18th of September. We went on the 17th of September for our last checkup. We're like, yeah, doesn't feel like it, doesn't seem like it. And then we, after the, the checkup, the, the doctor, Gaini, says, okay, go have dinner. I'm like, sure, we're going to have dinner anyway. And then come back. I'm like, I haven't even packed. He's like, no, 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 yeah, yeah, come back after 12, check in. And I'm like, okay, here it goes, you know, first kid. You never don't know what to expect. I said, okay, Tiff, let's go for a good meal because I heard you don't have food ever again. And then we, we have a, had a good meal. We had the best meal we could find in uh, in hospital. <laughs> and then we went home. We packed the bags. And then we're like, okay, this is it. Let's, let's chill, enjoy the bed for a little bit, enjoy the two-person time for a little bit. After tonight, it's not going to be the same anymore. And then about 11.30, we're like, it's time. When we left the house, we, we, we went to the car, we drove to the hospital, we checked in after midnight, went to the room. It's like, oh, you have to wait because the delivery room's not ready yet. So, all right, sure, we're in the ward. And um, so, uh, but husbands, you have to wait outside. I'm like, oh, okay. So, outside, I said four other husbands. I think it was a good day, 918. Huh? It's a good day. You know, so everyone have, uh, and then we were chatting about, hey, you know, first kid, yeah, second kid, and a chat, all that. And then when, we, when I went in, it's like, yeah, wait. And, and as I as I see hours pass, as, as the the contraction came and then the the pain came, and they gave her the laughing gas. She's like she's like angry 
It's like, it doesn't work. This thing is like fake. <laughs> and then she's stuck on the gas. It doesn't work. It didn't work. And I could see her going through the pain. And then the moment I know, that's it. I can never, ever complain ever, ever, ever again about anything in the world. Because forever and ever and ever, she said, you remember when I gave birth? That pain, that excruciating pain that she went through to give birth to Lucas. Like that hours of pain that she went through. And then, man, that was tough. Thank God we, we decided to pay for epidural. And then the, the moment epidural came, it's like heaven and earth. Or heaven and hell. She went from pain to like, ah, life is good. Or sins forgiven. But the affliction, the pain of new birth and going through that is, is, is part of life. And we know that as Lucas continues to grow, that life didn't just become better after the birth. Every single day was learning how to, how to take care of this child. And of course, there's heartache and pain, especially now he's two years old, three, when he knows how to talk. The most popular word in his mouth is no. And they're like, why does he always say no? Then me and Tiff are like, yeah, that's the first word we said to him. No! Don't touch that. No, don't go there. So now he's payback time. First teenager, no, three-ager, they call it. First rebellion. There'll be two more to come, I heard. Affliction of, of love and growth is part of, he, and then the thing that I talk about is, as he was growing, there were nights that he would just cry. He would just cry, and he'd be in pain and be like, why is he crying? He's being fed, he had formula, da, 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 da. and then next day he's taller. Every time he cries uh, through the night, next day he's taller. And then, like, I asked my mom, did I do that? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. You always, like, had crazy stretching, like, cramps and stuff when you're growing. Part of growing up. I don't know whether it's a real thing. But affliction is part of life. To have the good, you have the bad. You know, that's, that's part of life. In fact, uh, it wasn't very helpful. I didn't don't do that. I didn't I don't remember where she remembers this, but when she was in pain, I said, yeah, that was the Garden of Eden curse from chapter 3. It's life. And she's, I think she, she almost slapped me maybe at that point. Part of life, part of growing, being afflicted is part of, but it's where you experience God's providence. If not for the pandemic, you know, there are so many people in Singapore who have been neglected. You know, there are a lot of foreign workers who were, were blind to them. And I have friends who complain, why don't we take care of the, the foreign workers that's among us, you know, when this whole thing Happened, and then I say, who voted for them to be out of their neighborhood? Singaporeans. In fact, my friend lives in that town where they voted to not have them there. But because of this pandemic, we were, we're reminded to look at people, to remember that they're the afflicted ones among us, and we are afflicted at different points in our lives. And let's just love and take care of one another because we, this is what we're called to do for people who are in Christ and as new creation of God and the blessing of that affliction, you also realize how you are gifted. You are gifted to deal with the affliction the world throws at you. The God has already provided enough for His church to handle whatever affliction sin has given to this world. He's provided the, the bomb before the wound has been caused. He's given us enough resources in His church to provide for those who do not have as much. Again and again, God has pre-prepared what the others need through the church. The neighbor baked the bread so that the neighbor can borrow bread for the visitor. God has always prepared his church 
to be the balm of Gilead that the world who is wounding and hurting needs. And as those of us who are in Christ, who are new creation, we are gifted enough to bless the world with whatever giftings that God has given to us. And I think most importantly, it's for the church to remember that all these things are not important until you realize you are forgiven. You are forgiven. You are a new person. You are a new birth. You've been born again. All your past life, death, and all that God wants to overcome it with you. And that all those things should not hold you shackled. You are forgiven. And for some of you, you need to hear this because you are refusing to forgive yourself even though God has already forgiven you. There's still some of you beating yourself up for past sins and trip-ups and mistakes and things that you're relying on your own strength to accomplish. But God says, I have already forgiven you. I have forgiven you. So you are forgiven. And until the day you realize, and until the day you accept that, you are not able to embrace and live in this new life as his new creation. So Ian, you are forgiven and know that the church loves you. But most importantly, that God loves you. For God says it is by our love for one another that the world will know that we are his disciples. It's not by the curriculum I'm going to make you go through or the Bible studies we're going to continue or by finishing how many resources, how many terms of the discipleship. That's not about that. It's about how much we love one another and we all love him, and he comes to love us, that we are known. So let us embrace this new year. We've, we've, we've succeeded based on God's strength so far, and never on our own. And we will continue to conquer and be victorious and win the battle that's before us. But we must become the church that he asked us to be. And next year, I'm going to share with you what I took time in these six weeks, actually for six months, to prepare what is this new church going to look like? What is ASDAC going to look like next year onwards? How are we going to move and how are we going to progress as a church? How are we going to function differently that's no longer the same? Because the past no longer works. In fact, it has not worked. So we must move as God shows us, as God challenges us, as God put us into affliction to say, now is the time to embrace this new birth. I'm going to share with you Sabbath after Sabbath what it means for Aztec to move towards this new birth, to be the church that God has always called us to be, but we have been struggling with Him to become. So as we pray, as we come together, as we learn, as we seek the Word of God, let us grow in Christ and become the new church that he wants us to be. And now I'm going to hand us a time. Oh, before I hand a time. Oh, I forgot this. I, I found this. John Stott has a wonderful poem that he, he shared. And I'll read it to you before we go into our closing song. And John Stott says, Not merely in the words you say, not only in your deeds confessed, but in the most unconscious way is Christ expressed. Is it a beautiful smile, a holy light upon your brow? Oh no, I felt his presence when you laughed just now. 
To me, that's not the truth you taught. To you so clear, to me still dim. But when you came, you brought a sense of him. And from your eyes, he beckons me. And from your heart, his love is shed. Till I lose sight of you and see the Christ instead. Let us aim to be the church that is in Christ, for the world shall not see us anymore, but see the Christ who we are in. We hand in time to uh, our praise and worship team for the closing song. Joy to the world.